This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada has been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years. With their up-and-running program, you can access eBay's 180-plus million buyers in 190 countries around the world. With up-and-running, there are no listing fees on up to 200 listings per month, and you only pay fees when you sell. As part of the eBay community, you get real-time advice and inspiration and access to powerful selling tools and insights. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running, stay local and sell global. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Mario Taniguzzi for Calgary's podcast. And joining me today is Connor Curran, who is chief laundry folder for the local laundry. Thanks for joining us today, Connor. Thanks so much for having me. Really looking forward to being here. Okay, Chief Laundry Folder. i got to ask you about that title. Where does that come from? <laughs> well, you know, as you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, titles are kind of, they don't really mean anything because as an entrepreneur, as a, you're kind of doing, you wear many hats, you do everything, right? So we kind of want to have a little bit of fun with it. You know, our, our business is called Local Laundry. We make clothes. And, and part of my job is folding a lot of, uh, a lot of shirts, whether it's at markets or for packages or whatever. So we just kind of thought we'd have fun with it. And she said, the boring old CEO. We went to Chief Laundry Folder, and my business partner is Chief Laundry Operator. Okay, tell me a little bit about the company, what it is, and what you guys do. Absolutely. So we're a local laundry. We're a Canadian-made clothing company that builds community, right? So we use our Canadian-made clothing as a vehicle to, to give back and build community. How we do that is through our five pillars of community, representing where you come from, collaborating with others that, that share that community-building spirit, sharing those stories from the community, donating 10 per, 10 percent of all of our profits back to local charities that our customers help choose and then finally and most importantly by only supporting Canadian manufacturing to, to help drive a diverse Canadian. run me back in time about how uh, the genesis of the company how it started yeah absolutely so I from Calgary you know we moved here when I was five and grew up here loved it my parents are you know their first generation Canadians and so we really grew up having this, this, this fierce pride for all things Calgary and, and so I worked in oil and gas out of school for a couple of years. Didn't really enjoy it. It wasn't my thing. And I, like everyone else in 2014, I got laid off. And so instead of trying to find another oil and gas job, I asked to, said to my wife, I was like, let's get out of here. Let's, let's go travel for a little bit. And so we decided to move to Sweden of all places where I could study for my MBA and do my master's. And it was there that I quickly realized, you know what, my parents, they're, like I said, first generation, um, they immigrated here back in the 70s. And they became entrepreneurs, you know, and they were able to create this great business for themselves that not only could support a family, but they use it as a vehicle to give back to the community. So my parents, like all Irish immigrants, what do they do? They open up an Irish pub and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and they, they use their pub as a way to help other new Canadians that were coming from all over different countries to help bring them over, to help get them jobs, to help get their PR, bring their families over, get them set up and move on, you know, to, to their new lives in Canada. And I, I really like that they were their own bosses. They, you know, they created a life for themselves. They support their family, but they were able to use that their business as a way to give back. So I thought, you know what, oil and gas world is not for me. I really want to start my own business and kind of have those same kind of things. So living in Sweden, have that fierce pride for Calgary. We thought, you know, it'd be really great if we could create a clothing company that really showcased that pride that myself and a lot of other Calgarians have. And so I had no business getting into the clothing 
industry. I know nothing about clothes, fashion, know nothing about e-commerce, but I just knew that clothing could be such an expressive way to represent where you come from and to showcase your values as a person. So I just kind of did what every student does in Google search, how to make a clothing company. And then I watch a YouTube video and then, you know, slowly piece by piece by piece, you know, at a cost of $50, you know, in 24 hours, I had an online clothing company, you know, and it just, it just kind of grew from there. When, what, sorry, when did you start it? 2015. 2015. I don't know if you can tell me about it. Can you give me an indication of what your annual sales are now? Now, this year, we're going to be doing close to three quarters of a million. Wow. Amazing what you can find on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's pretty incredible because I thought my goal is to sell 10 shirts. If I, I thought if I could sell oh, 10 God. shirts, I would be the world's smartest man. And, and then you, the, the, the nice thing I like about e-commerce and, and especially clothing business is it's not like a lot of other businesses because you get this notification on your phone from Shopify. Nice little ding, you know, ching. And it's this little rush of dopamine that hits your head that makes you get excited about getting that next sale and the next sale. And it started very small. You know, I remember talking to my dad's accountant and he's, I said, what about taxes and, and all these things and GST? And he's like, don't worry about that stuff. You know, you don't have to pay GST. You don't have to remit GST until, unless you're over $30,000 annual revenue. And I laughed at him. I was like, $30,000. Well, in a year, are you nuts? We'll never get that. I never have to worry about GST. And then it just slowly grew and grew and grew. Wow. Uh, before I forget, what was the name of your uh, parents' pub? It's called the James Joyce Irish Pub, right downtown. On, on oh, my Island. Lord. I've been there many times. Right? <laughs> I've enjoyed a few pints of Guinness and other things there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of an institution here in town. They've been running it for uh, over 20, 21 years. Oh, wow. How come you didn't get involved in that business? Well, it's funny. We all did. I have three sisters. We like to call the pub our, our fourth sibling. You know, it's the fifth family child. And we all... We all got our, our start there. We all started in the dish pit. You know, my sisters uh, served. My I did the work the bartender. You know, during the summers uh, at university. My, you know, we still have family like cousins that still run there. My brother in law is the head chef there. You know, it's it's very much a family run business. But I just kind of saw, you know, the way how hard my parents worked and, and that kind of thing. And, and um, the restaurant, I just didn't have a passion for for food and, and alcohol like my parents did. So I, I wanted to kind of do my own thing. I'm trying to remember uh, the location of that. Is is that the one on 8th Avenue? That's the one on 8th Avenue. Yeah, at a time we owned two. We opened up another one on uh, 4th Street Mission. It's called the Joyce M. Fourth, but we sold that about 12 years ago. You know what You know what I find interesting? Uh, the very first time I was in uh, in James Joyce, the, the pub, with my wife, I, uh, <laughs> I, I noticed something that was different about the pub, right? And, and then I realized... There are no TVs here. <laughs> yeah, and I just thought, isn't that a, a refreshing thing that in a in a pub in this day and age there are no TVs? <laughs> yeah, that well, there's no TVs and there's no bottled beer, and then, because they want to create an atmosphere of actual conversation. And you put me in a bar, and I don't care what's on the TV; I'm just drawn to it. And that really taught me a, a really valuable lesson because you know. The Flames, you know, we had the, the great run in 2004, and I was like, Dad, you got to get TVs. Everyone wants to watch the Flames game. He's like, no, you know, um, we're a place that doesn't have a TV. It's a differentiator. And I, I didn't understand that, you know, at the time, but now as a business owner, you know, you have to have those differentiators. Every bar has TVs, and you just throw TVs. 
then you're just like every other bar. But if you if everyone has TVs and you don't, now your bar is different, right? And I kind of took that into my business. And I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, we ran the business for about two years, and then um, two years into the business, we quickly realized like we got this great logo. People love the YYC, but we're like, you know, it's just a cool, it's just a neat design. There's no substance to it. So we actually made the conscious decision to actually switch our entire manufacturing over to Canadian manufacturers exclusively. And this was nuts at the time because Canadian manufacturing was twice the price, right? And you would have to charge almost twice the price, you know, retail value. And people are saying, Connor, you're nuts. No one wants to pay $80, $90 a sweater. And I just, we just really believe, I said, look, no one else is doing this. Everyone's getting their clothing from Pakistan, India, China. If we can go make the switch to Canadian made, now we're not competing with everyone else, right? We're, we're playing our own game. And that's that was the greatest decision ever. And it's, I, I really attribute that to my parents because like everyone was probably saying, you got to get TVs, Flames games, you got to get TVs. And they said, no. Now they're only competing. They're the only pub with no TVs. And there's no one else that can compete with them on that like that, yeah, right? No, great. Speaking of the Flames, uh, did I see correctly somewhere that uh, you have some sort of a partnership with them right now? Yeah, absolutely. So that goes back to one of our big pillars is collaborating with other community builders that share those common values. And so we've been reaching out to the Flames for, for ages, trying to trying to come up with a good partnership. And and finally, it was through the Calgary Flames Foundation, right? They do some amazing work. They've they've committed over eight million dollars to to various charities across the city during the start since the start of COVID. And so they kind of pushed and said, you know. Our hashtag is United by Community. You guys are all about community. We'd love to kind of come up with a partnership. So we did, and we got this great shirt that says community with the retro flame and sea. And $15 from every t-shirt sale that, that we do goes right back to the Calgary Flames Foundation in order for them to continue to doing their great work. And it's, it's just a fantastic partnership. And when you have two organizations that kind of share those same values of wanting to give back community building, you know, there, there's only good things that can happen. It's, instead of working in our different you know little silos it's you know let's why can't we help each other out let's see how we can help each other grow because we ultimately all want the same thing this podcast is sponsored by ebay canada ebay canada is powering canadian small businesses go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running to open your new global e-commerce business well, I just want to touch a little further on this community aspect uh, of your business. Why is that important to you? Why is it important to build relationships uh, in the community and uh, support the community by giving back? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great question. I actually studied this in my master's thesis, my, my undergrad thesis. I actually started to look at you know, corporate social responsibility and how it affects businesses. And in this day and age, you know, you just cannot... You know, businesses do not act in a bubble. You know, businesses are a vital stakeholder in the community. They're an integral part of the community, and you can't just be making money and profit for you know for for money and profit's sake. You have to be able to to kind of give back because people deep down really want to support something that gives back. You know, if we had two two widgets, two companies selling exact same widgets, and two companies that that the same price, the widgets were exactly the same, but one gave portion back to the community or one health fundraisers, that kind of thing. People would support that widget company that, that gave back. So I actually did statistical analysis on this in my in my undergrad thesis that companies, it's actually good for business to, to, to give back. And it just makes sense because I saw growing up how my parents were able to give back and the impact that it had on these people. And and for me, you know, and I, maybe this is a millennial thing, maybe this is a young generation, but you know, we want to people people want to leave 
lead fulfilled lives. And you can't do that by just making, you know, a, a bunch of money. You have to be able to give back, right? And, and be part of something bigger. And that has been one of the most valuable things about starting this whole business. If the whole thing were to go under tomorrow, you know, just the people that we've that we've met, that we've helped, that we've worked with. And it's not, we really want to be the thought leader that just because you're a small business doesn't mean you can't make a big difference. It's not all about writing million dollar checks, right? You can give back and build community in your own unique way, whether it's volunteering, organizing a fundraiser, you know, even just simple things like sharing the story of a cause, you know, retweeting a local charity's mission or, or plea for help. Like there's lots of different ways you can give back. And, and to us, it just, it just means everything to, to have a company that just stands for something that has values. Well, in the day and age where a lot of corporations and companies, you know, are completely morally depleted. You know, it would it, it would seem so. We just kind of want to be that that small voice that say that, that to maybe help inspire other people to kind of give back and say, look, it's not that hard. You know, we all want the same thing. Why not? Yeah, thanks for for that explanation because I've always felt and and thought, even um, from an anecdotal uh, perspective, that you know the companies that really do well are the ones that that are really uh, uh, entrenched in in community. You know, I, I think of places like like Spolumbos, right, and uh, you know, and, and uh, how uh, they have grown as a, a business tremendously simply because of that community connection. So uh, thanks for mentioning that. Oh, no, my pleasure. I, I really do think it's so so important. And I think it's up to the consumer to support those businesses, right? Um, you know, because it's 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 important for people like yourself to support Spolumbos rather than going to Subway or something. You know, not, not to say that pick subway out of out of a hat but i mean <laughs> it's it's not sometimes it's not up to businesses to to really help and, and make the difference it's up to consumers to support those businesses who actively decide to make those changes right and that's why we say every purchase you do you're voting with your wallet right so if you want to support Canadian manufacturing a diverse Canadian economy responsibly and ethically environmentally friendly made products you have to vote with your wallet right and that's on me too as a consumer right so what's your vision for the company as you look forward and into the future? Great question. We really want to bring Canadian manufacturing back to this country. We want to be the heralds of the importance of Canadian manufacturing, the economic benefits, the environmental benefits. We, we used to make things here in this country. I mean, my wife and I were cleaning out her, her granny's house last summer, and you would be shocked at the amount of things we found that were made in Canada, from hangers, combs, furniture, clothing, shoes, you name it. Ninety. You know, we go back a hundred, you know, 50 to a hundred years, 90% of everything we, you know, our grandparents had in their house was made, you know, probably within a hundred kilometer radius or, or, you know, at least in Canada. Now you go look at your closet, you go look at your kitchen. You, I guarantee less than 10% of what's in your house is actually made here in Canada, right? We, we've completely, we've completely offshored our, our middle class, right? And, and I think there's a growing gap between, you know, the has and the has nots. And I think it's, we really want to be heralds of Canadian manufacturing and say, look at all the goods. And yes, it all comes down to, it all comes down to price because we as consumers have been trained that we want some, we want more value for less and less and less and less. And we, we love the, the rush of getting a good deal and buying things for cheap. We now have been trained to buy a t-shirt for pennies on the dollar. Right. And so we really want to be, you know, we really want to, you know, Go back to the idea of slow fashion. We want to go back to the idea of let's shrink our closets, let's shrink the things that we have in our house, and support things that are actually made here. So, so Connor, are you strictly an uh, uh, e-commerce business? No. Uh, so we have lots of great retail partners. So one of our bigger, bigger retail partners is like Mark's Work Warehouse. 
um, who, who another, you know, started here in Calgary by a great entrepreneur. They're big supporters of us. We're in about uh, five, six of their stores, as well as Below the Belt, another great uh, Alberta Alberta family-run second-generation business. And then lots of independent re retailers like there's Lottie and East Village, Tulip Home on 17th Ave, Luke's Drug Mart in Bridgeland. And then, uh, and then of course, we are available online. Now, do you ever uh, would consider uh, uh, opening an actual store? You know what? We go back and forth every day. I mean, that was always kind of, as, as a clothing company, that's always kind of the, the, the natural step, right? You, you start out, going to retail stores, you, you get bigger and that kind of thing. And it's, you know, then you open up your own store. And, and I think this pandemic is, you know, the last couple of years, as a matter of fact, I mean, with, with the rise in, in small business tax, the rise in rent, the rise in, you know, the, the pandemic with everything shutting down, it, it looks to be like, it's going to be a very long time before people are actually comfortable shopping. And clothing is a very particular thing because you're trying things on, right? Maybe you're trying things on someone else's trial. I don't, for now, it's it's not in the it's not in the cards. You know, a growing a new source of revenue that that we've discovered is organizations that want custom clothing, right? That that want garments that that are quality, that have a good story, that have you know a unique and interesting design that's not just a logo. And so that's kind of a market that we're kind of more focused on. We have some great partnerships, you know, like with the Flames or other organizations. We want to get rid of the word swag. You know, when you go to conferences and you go to all the booths and you get your bag of cheap stuff. I have <laughs> right, right. They're just like garbage versions of things you already have, and we want to we want to eliminate that because that's just going. You, you take it home, you get excited for a minute, and then you throw it in the garbage and it goes to the landfill. We want to create things that last that people get excited about that, but also you know support a diverse community economy that is made here. So that's kind of more instead of going the traditional brick and mortar route, we want to go more you know helping organizations create meaningful gifts or uniforms or you know projects for um, for for their team members okay well you know it's you know we mentioned uh, a couple of things there uh, about the the times that we're in you know, obviously you know we we're dealing with the pandemic we're, we're dealing here in calgary with the uh, the oil and gas industry that still hasn't recovered from 2014 uh, when prices collapsed uh, and then as an entrepreneur, also a lot of businesses are facing the increasing costs, like, you know, property taxes have gone crazy here in Calgary. Uh, that's been in the news constantly, right, about how difficult it has been. How have you managed to survive through all that as an entrepreneur? I tell you, every day is, is a new is is a new thing that's that's been thrown at you. I think it's it's incredibly difficult time to be an entrepreneur, you know, for a lot of reasons. So, you know, this happened back in March and you're just kind of like, your whole world is turned upside down, you know, and your traditional, you know, revenue streams are just out the window. So, I mean, prior to, to COVID, you know, 60, 70% of our business was through retail, right? These wholesale partners that, that, that we have. And in an instant, that just shut off, gone, turned off, store shut down, canceled orders, done, zero, right? So now you're kind of like, okay, where are we at? You know, luckily we've always, like I said, we, we don't have a ton of investment. We, we have zero investment. We have no no long-term debt. I started the company fifty dollars, and the company's always kind of been self-sufficient. So, luckily, we were in a good position. You know, you know, very few liabilities. But we kind of, you know, thought, okay, what can we do to help support and build the community, and uh, you know, keep things going? So, my wife, she's a nurse at, at a local hospital here in town. She's working with COVID nineteen patients, and we thought, let's come out with um, a garment that really showcases and represents all the great things that our healthcare professional workers do and the love that goes into their work. And, 
and let's let's shine the spotlight on them. So we created this this bamboo organic cotton sweater that um, that had a nice little design on it that showcased the love and care that healthcare professionals go. And uh, 100% of all that profit went right back to the United Way um, COVID-19 Community Relief Fund. So we ended up raising $20,000 for this COVID-19 Community Relief Fund put on by the City of Calgary and the United Way to help the most vulnerable people, you know, homeless, veterans, elderly, disabled people get through this, this tough time. So to me, it's it's you have to be able to be flexible, organic. You have to kind of change with the times. You know, gone are the days where you can just say, well, this is the way we've always done it, you know. This is the way we're going to keep doing it, right? That you got to throw everything you thought were out the window and try to come up with these, these, these new things. Now, we didn't make any money on these, these bamboo sweaters, right? But it kept cash coming through the door, kept us alive. It kept our workers, our manufacturing partners, you know, employed. It, it kept uh, people working, you know, in a safe, safe, safe environment. And then it highlighted the great people that are doing the most important work in this time. And then we were able to raise $20,000 for this amazing fund Put on by United Way and City of Calgary. What is it about being an entrepreneur that you like the most? I tell you, the thing I love the most, I mean, the thing I love the most is, is I think what every human being strives, strives for the most, which is autonomy, right? People want to be autonomous. They want to be able to make their own decisions, live their own lives. You know, when I was working in oil and gas, and I love the oil and gas industry. I really do, but it just wasn't for me. I was a slave to my wrist, you know, just being like, okay, you know, I get here, I got to be here for nine. I got to, you know, do this meeting by this, lunch by this, home by this, you know, and, and now, you know, there was, there was weekend time, there's work time, vacation time, lunch. Now there's only time. And I love that I'm completely control of my time. Some days I work 16 hours, other days I work three hours, you know, but I just love having that direct control over my life and, and, and making, having the ability and a vehicle to kind of give back, connect with others you know, and make a difference, which is, which I think is really important to me. And as I'm sure you know, that life of an entrepreneur is an absolute roller coaster. And I know people say that all the time, but it's a life of extreme highs. You know, you, you land a huge deal, you know, big partnership, and you're just, I've danced up and down the stairs. You know, I shouted from a rooftop, called my parents, and my mom is so excited, you know, but then it's extreme lows. And those can be triggered by anything, by, you know, a poor review. Uh, a disappointed customer, someone on, online leaving a, a you know an unfriendly comment, and then you're just down in the dumps, and you're just you know you're like, am I the dumbest person in the world? Is this the biggest mistake? What am I doing? You know, imposter syndrome is a big issue with a lot of entrepreneurs. But I always say the absolute worst day of my life as an entrepreneur is ten times better, ten times better than my best day when I was working in a cubicle in, in an office and not enjoying my life. So I would. Yes, it's a roller coaster. Yes, it's not easy. It's not for everyone, but I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, super. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, Connor. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to highlight us in Canadian manufacturing and, and for listening. And, and, and I, hope, uh, I hope your listeners enjoyed it as well. Okay, great. That was Connor Curran, who is Chief Laundry Folder for Local Laundry. This has been Calgary's podcast. I'm your host, Mario Tonaguzzi. Thanks for joining us today. And be sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years and their up-and-running program is getting Canadian businesses online today. 
Visit ebay.ca forward slash up and running. Stay local and sell global with eBay.